Buddies, the name is Larry Kudirai. It is another episode of the Clubhouse End, End Podcast. Uh, tripping over my words a little bit there. Very excited about a lot of cricket that is happening in Zimbabwe. And uh, yeah, Zimbabwe's got a lot of cricket that's happening. A lot of cricket news I've got for you. I'm going to talk about the Pro 50. I was going to talk about the women's cricket after the girls did not do very well. And the under-19 uh, news that just came away, came from the ICC. But I'm going to start with the biggest news uh, to come. Uh, and as far as Zimbabwe is concerned, Zimbabwe has been uh, allocated along with Namibia and South Africa, the rights to co-host the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup in 2027. The decision was confirmed on Tuesday after finalizing the host countries for each of the next eight men's global events between 2024 and 2031. Uh, This will be the first time in 24 years that the 50-over extravaganza will be returning to Africa since Zimbabwe, South Africa and Kenya co-hosted in 2003. And this is the first time it will be exclusively hosted uh, within Southern Africa, because last time it had to go a bit to Kenya. Uh, it also had the drama of the back then when um, the England didn't come to play in Zimbabwe and uh, New Zealand did not go to play in Kenya, uh, both over security reasons. Um, the less they said about that, the better. Um, so l- looking at it, uh, before I quote uh, what um, what. Uh, uh, chairperson Tavengom uh, Kutlani was quoted as saying by the Zimbabwe cricket, uh, by Zimbabwe cricket, really. Uh, I want to say this is a big deal. This is a big deal, guys. Uh, getting a, a global tournament of any sort. Uh, you know, Zimbabwe has been hosting the qualifiers, hosted in t- 2018 qualifiers. Uh, the, you know, the ones with with that UAE thing, as I say, the less to say about that, the better, because I still want to stab myself in the eye over that uh, that match. I was working back <laughs> in the background for that as a media manager. I tell you, it was like a funeral the, the, the moment that match finished. And it showed that cricket was really popular in Zimbabwe because the number of people, the sheer weight of the number of people that were there really tuned in, wanting Zimbabwe to win, uh, was just, yeah, it was great. But then we know what happened. UAE beat us and then we missed a World Cup for the first time. And then we missed the second, next one because of government interference. The less said about that again, the better. And uh, in 2019, we also hosted a... um, a, a qualifier, the women's qualifier, which is won by the by the ladies. Uh, we were not meant to host the 2019 qualifier, 2021 qualifier uh, that I'll talk about a little bit later. But Sri Lanka pulled out of that one, so we are hosting it, and Zimbabwe is hosting nine. Uh, no, it's now eight other countries because Papua New Guinea has pulled out of the World Cup qualifier, and then we're hosting the 2023 qualifier, uh, that is the ODI qualifier. So there is a lot of confidence in the ICC when it comes to Zimbabwe's capabilities of hosting uh, tournaments that have a bunch of people. But all of these have been a step or two below the main competition itself. 
Uh, of the three, of the four, the competition I've told is only the one that is two steps below. The other ones are step a step below the global qualifier. So I kind of think, in a way, the, the ICC has been throwing some of these uh, tournaments at, at us rather, uh, because of um, you know as a dress rehearsal. And Tavengam uh, Kutlani said, this is fantastic news coming after we worked hard and with determination as a group to get the World Cup back on our soil. And this is clearly a vote of confidence in what we as Zimbabwe cricket are doing and what we as, as Africa can do. We are humbled by the trust that the ICC has placed in our bid and thrilled by the opportunity we have been given to put cricket on a new and sustainable path for generations to come. On our part, we are ready to ensure the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup 2027 stands out as a unique event that celebrates Africa in all its magnificent splendor, richness, vibrancy, diversity, and glory. Now, I want to make reference to a section that says a clear vote of confidence in what we as Zimbabwe Cricket are doing. Just uh, two years ago, Zimbabwe Cricket was suspended by the ICC, okay? Uh, the one that I mentioned over there. Two years later, Zimbabwe Cricket is not only hosting the Women's Global World Cup Qualifier and not only host the, 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 the Men's Global World Cup Qualifier, but has been given the right to host a Cricket World Cup proper, yes, with South Africa and Namibia, but still co-hosting. That is a vote of confidence in where Zimbabwe Cricket is going. And that's got to be something for everybody in the game to celebrate. Whatever you think about the administration, whatever the case may be, but it's redemption. The fact that the ICC is looking at itself, we think there will be stability in this in the in this country. We think that there will be stability in as far as the game is concerned. We think by 2027 they'll be a lot better than they are right now, or that they were certainly a lot better than 2019 when we're about to be kicked out of by the ICC. But it's essentially says, well, it's redemption for Zimbabwe, because. If uh, the Sports and Recreation Commission had had their way in 2019, there's no 2021 qualifier, there's no 2023 qualifier, and certainly not hosting the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup in 2027. So congratulations to everyone concerned. Zimbabwe, as I said, is going to be hosting. Now, to, if you want to know how the hosting took place, the ICC said the host was uh, selected via a competitive bidding process. So this is not just handing out overseen by a board um, subcommittee chaired by Martin Sneddon along with Saurav Ganguly and Ricky Skerritt. The um, awarding of the rights to preferred hosts is subject to the completion of the host agreements and the ICC will now work closely with members to finalize agreements. 17 members submitted a total of 28 proposals to host the uh, eight ICC men's white ball uh, events. So yeah, this is uh, magnificent news. Uh, the second bit of news to talk about is the women's cricket. Um, they played against Bangladesh and lost all three matches and heavily. It was yeah, it was it was bad, eh? Yeah, it, it was it was not great. Sean Myers on her debut in the second match uh, suffered a first ball duck, uh, but then she got back in the second match and got into her thirties. Um, not many scores around. Zimbabwe did did something that they don't do very often. That is batting first. So the against a very strong side in in Bangladesh. Look, I like I said in the first episode, the I don't think that we should be expecting too much from our ladies, and as far as this tournament is concerned, not not because they're not going to try. Our ladies are going to give it a fist fight. They're going to fight 
no matter what. It's just that the gulf in terms of experience and class that exists at the moment um, is just is just way too much. If we had got an ODI status, let's say about two years ago, then you might say you got two years experience, but we just got it in March. And so we're, we're really climbing up, we're fighting up against it. When you're looking at teams like Bangladesh, they've had ODI status since 2011. Ireland have had ODI status since the 80s. Um, and a whole lot more. Up, uh, the, the West Indies are, have been finalists at some point. So, you know, we we have to be realistic about where we are. I was saying the other day on Twitter that a lot of these girls are the first people in their family to ever play cricket, period, for their country. In fact, let's not even go that far. They're in their family, sorry. Some Some of them are the first people in their family to play anything at representative level uh, in their family and among people they know. But other than cricketers, uh, like male cricketers and so forth. So, so a lot of them are learning how to play ODI on the job. The game management that, that takes place in a T20 match is completely different from the game management that takes place in an ODI match. As you can see, one of the big things that you can't fix overnight is fitness. And we have, um, uh, where we have issues like, for example, Mary Ann Musada, who is the captain, she's, she's, she's hobbling from one match to the next. And this is a 50-over game. She's doing her best. And this is, this is all you can ask the girls to do. There's a difference between when people are playing and not doing their best and losing terribly and when people are playing and doing their best, but you know that they're just, well, a bit out of their depth. And that's what you've got to face the qualifier as. The girls have all gone into camp. Uh, most of the teams, if not all, actually all the teams have arrived. Uh, so we're going to have a very exciting festival of cricket starting on the 21st of um, October. Clark crowds <laughs> crowds will be allowed um, at, at, at a certain percentage. Uh, check, uh, I didn't get the information. I was still trying to get information for how much, um, what you call it, uh, tickets will cost. But uh, the, the government uh, st- statute is at no more than 30% uh, of um, the... No more than thirty percent of the venue may be filled. So yeah, it's 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 an exciting festival of, of cricket. Whatever happens, we it, it, just remember what that is. It's uh, it's like when we watched the T Twenty World Cup um, the, the, just a couple of days ago. And funny enough, the men's cricket is already back in action. New Zealand just played OD, um, India. Uh, India winning that match with two balls to spare. Uh, but it's. Um, we have to accept we have to love it for what it is it's a festival of cricket I'll be doing as many podcasts during the tournament as possible because there's a lot of opportunity to get all types of amazing content from the different people that are involved in cricket you know we've got, we have there's a unique time I don't know when next we'll have so many women's teams within our country playing cricket at the same time. So it is a big moment for Zimbabwe. It's a big moment. It's an endorsement for Zimbabwe as a country. As a country. It's an endorsement of our, ourselves as a safe destination for tourism. Uh, I know it's sad that they're going to be in a bubble, so they can't really go around and see what uh, this, you know, the country has to offer. But I know when the Irish ladies were, were here, they, or was it the Irish ladies? Yeah, it was the Irish ladies. They, they took it some time to go to a game park um, so, you know, maybe they will do that on their time off and go off in a bubble. We don't know.
So, yeah, the, the tournament starts on the 21st of November and ends on the 5th of December. Going, uh, what else? Uh, the Pro 50 tournament has started. Zimbabwe's Pro 50 tournament. That's the, our one-day competition. And uh, so far, the pick of the, of the bunch is the, uh, the Rocks, who've won all their matches, and they're on 30 points. Um, Mountaineers have won one match after playing one. They had a bye in the first match. So what's happening is that teams are playing back-to-back fixtures. So they'll so Mount Rocks and uh, and and Rhinos uh, played back to back in the first match, and while Eagles and Tuskers also played back to back. Uh, Rocks won both matches against Rhinos, while Eagles and Tuskers shared one match each. One of them being an epic one, which uh, Eagles chased north of, or rather Tuskers chased north of 300, with uh, Craig Irvin get uh, getting a century. So some great batting that's taking place already, because already we have some really big scores. Uh, just looking at the the highest score before I look at the individual scores, um, the most runs, the highest totals. Um, Mountaineers, coached of course by Dave Houghton, made 363 for nine against Rhinos. Uh, Tuskers, as I say, chased down 314, which had been set by Eagles, and they made 315 for six. And they did that with 2.1 overs to spare. Uh, but uh, after that, uh, the next highest is Rocks with 248. They also got 214 and 185. And all those scores have been good enough to win their matches. Um, the, if, in terms of individual runs, we've got three... Three uh, hundreds already. Regis Chakaba with 122. Uh, Craig Irvin with 118. And the first ever uh, century for the man uh, by the name of uh, uh, Ben Compton, uh, the Hughes playing for Mountaineers. He got his 102 in that 363 uh, that uh, Mountaineers made. Tinom Tombodzi is on uh, his highest score is 93. Ben, um, and Brian Chari, uh, his, may, his highest score is 88. Uh, looking at uh, the most uh, runs in the tournament, Registry Cover leads the way with 162, Sekanda Raza with 122, uh, Chari, Brian Chari on 119, Craig Irvin with 118. And uh, we just finish off with the other guys in the, in the hundreds column being Takuza Caetano, Ben Compton, and uh, Regis Sifas Juau. Uh, <laughs> and looking at the wickets column, uh, what, what, uh, what's been happening in the wickets column? The wickets column has seen uh, Msekiwa from Tashingam Msekiwa from Rhinos. He's got the most wickets with six. He shares that position with Ernest Masugu, who's got six. Uh, Brian Zarabani is getting some form just before we get. Uh, uh, a, a Afghanistan next month. He's got five. Uh, Tadaka Chiranga, impressive again this year. He's got five. And uh, Karl Mumba also got five. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's some fun stuff that's happening in, 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 in the cricket. But the, the column that I also wanted to talk about is the extras column. Uh, in, 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 the, in the highest most number of extras conceded in a match this season, has been by Rhinos when they conceded 33 against the Mountaineers. And Eagles also are second when they conceded 29 against Tuskers. Um, in that 315 for six. Rhinos conceded 23 against Rocks. Rhinos again conceded 22 against Rocks. Uh, so it's, it's not looking good. A lot of the other ones are under 19, under 20, but it's still quite a lot. Mountaineers conceded 19 against Rhinos, while Tuskers conceded 
19 against Rocks, and uh, Tusker has also conceded 19 against Eagles. So w- w- the bowling is, is lacking a bit of discipline. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, if you look at the, the no-bowls column, it's a column, rather, it's... it's it's bad for the for Ryan Rhinos in the first match because they conceded five, okay. Um, but, they, but then it, it's the number of wides column or runs conceded from wides columns that is that is yeah that is galling. But in as far as no balls, it's not as high as you want to because there are a couple of matches like for example when Ross conceded uh, uh, when Rhinos conceded uh, twenty three um, extras against uh, Rocks, uh, they only they had no uh, no balls so. There are instances in which the no balls are something that is getting fixed because we also see it as being a problem at international level at times. And also the number of extras that we concede at an international level sometimes tips the game uh, out of our hands. So, yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Finally, let's talk about the under 19s. Yes, Zimbabwe have now found out the schedule for the under 19 World Cup to be held in the West Indies for the first time. Four countries are hosting uh, the country, uh, the the tournament that's uh, in Trinidad and Tobago, Antigua and Barbuda, uh, Guyana, as well as Saint Kitts and Nevis. Those are individual countries, by the way. <laughs> Zimbabwe play all his matches in uh, in Trinidad and Tobago, and then Group C with Afghanistan, Papua New Guinea, and Pakistan for the 16 team tournament. Zimbabwe kick off the campaign against Afghanistan on 16 January 2022 uh, before taking on PNG on 20 January 2022 and on 22 January 2022 they uh, round off the group stage against Pakistan. They're going to fancy their chances against PNG and they might have a slight chance against Afghanistan but age group uh, cricket is a bit different because you can have a situation where age group cricket, age group sport uh, players peak at a certain point and then later on yeah you know they don't become as great as they want as they can be so it's a difficult one there will also be warm-up matches because Zimbabwe has, has not had the opportunity to play as many warm-up matches as, as it wished in fact very few most of the warm-up matches they've been playing have been against senior teams um, senior select sides in Harare uh, so it's a difficult one um, for them, the if, if, because other teams have been playing. Afghanistan and Bangladesh just played the one I think on Wednesday or Thursday, and Zimbabwe still isn't getting any action uh, in as far as preparations is concerned. So there's only so much you can do in the nets. But they have gone. They have been playing. Uh, I know on weekends. I'm tired. Uh, playing some matches uh, and trying to get ready. Uh, you can do only as much as you can do and hoping that they will be able to to, to, to spring a surprise and get at least to, um, you know, to the Super 6. But uh, to be honest, I think they will get into plate. It's called the Super League, not Super 6. <laughs> uh, they will get to the plate. That's what I think they'll do. The other groups, Group A has got Bangladesh, England, Canada, United Arab Emirates. Group B has got India, Ireland, South Africa, and Uganda. Uh, group C, as I said, is Afghanistan, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea, and us, Zimbabwe. And Group D has got Australia, Scotland. Scotland, by the way, have qualified because New Zealand pulled out because of the um, their own quarantine conditions on return to New Zealand. So they decided, no, they'd be too stringent for minors. Uh, then Sri Lanka and West Indies. Um, yeah, so that's it.
Uh, if you want to uh, take part in, I don't know if you have any ideas in as far as what uh, this uh, tournament, uh, this podcast can be about tournament really a podcast can be about get in touch with me uh larry at three dash mob.com on twitter at quidi that is how uh, you can get in touch with me on whatsapp is 0719903327 where it just prefixes with the plus plus two six three for the country code and then also uh, make sure the, the podcast is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and a whole bunch of other places. Deezer even, if, you wanna, if you're a Deezer listener. So the podcast is getting widely available uh, in, in, on different platforms. But if you want to take part, uh, I'll be having a lot more voices in the next one. Um, just been waiting to get a couple of voices, but you know, getting people to get you to send you stuff could end up you waiting until you know, a month until you put out an episode. <laughs> but let's keep the conversation going as the Clubhouse End Podcast. My name is Larry Quidditai. This Clubhouse End Podcast is a production of Three Men on a Boat. And yeah, take care of yourself and the people that you love. As I always say from where I, from where I come from, Asili Sasevenza. Peace. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 